Welcome to the show called Let's Talk Homeschool. I'm Davis, and I am with Rachel, my lovely wife. We're your host. Hello again. Well, that was a pretty short introduction. <laughs> well. You want to get on with the show, don't you? I do. Okay, well, look, I have some introductory remarks I have to get through. I know. Welcome to episode number 14. People want to know what number we're on. Okay. And they want to know what today's show is called, and it's titled Pets in School. See, they're totally intrigued at this moment. Gather your pets. So today we're going to be talking about why we believe pets should be allowed to go to school, at least to homeschool. So as you should know, if you're listening to this on a regular basis, this show is about everything homeschooling. Why you should, why you can. We want to affirm, encourage, challenge, and inspire, and celebrate all the amazing, wonderful life milestones in this adventure of a lifetime called homeschooling. We want to be your coaches, your friends, your biggest fans. We want to root you on, train, and teach you, whether you're at the beginning, the middle, or towards the end of this adventure called home education. We want to be for you what we so desperately needed but didn't have, and that is the people that can encourage you since we're a little further down the path. So, like a good show, we have a sponsor, and our sponsor is Apologia Educational Ministries. Their mission is to help homeschool families learn, live, and defend the faith. Apologia is the number one publisher of creation-based science and Bible curricula for homeschooling families with over 80 number one awards, covering a time span of more than 12 years in a row. That is completely and totally impressive. But more importantly, that's why Apologia is trusted by homeschooling families all across the USA and the world. So go to Apologia.com. It's a great place to explore creation. Another website you can go to is homeschool-101.com. At that website, you can sign up to receive general emails and emails specific to this podcast. We send a monthly email summarizing the shows from the previous month and uh, encouraging you to give us some feedback, which you can do by sending us an email to podcast at apologia.com. All right, Rachel, let's talk homeschool. Has it ever struck you as odd that pets are not allowed at school? I mean, I guess it makes sense in some regards, but what kid wouldn't love to have their pet sitting on the floor next to their desk while they're doing a writing assignment or taking a math test? What do you think? Should homeschool families be intentional about letting their family pet be an integral part of the school experience. I feel like you lived a sheltered elementary experience, Davis, because at my elementary school, at least one of the ones that I attended, we had a a pet rabbit that was in the classroom that sat, you know, was at the back of the classroom and somebody got to take home every weekend. Seriously? Yeah, but I didn't think of it as like my pet. I mean, I wanted my pet. I wanted my dog Ruffles to come to school with me, right? right? I'm confident that I would have performed better if I'd had Ruffles with me. Because it was so, it was, Ruffles knew me. She understood me. I was convinced that she understood everything <laughs> that I'd said to her. So I felt like it, I would have done better. I, I'm a huge advocate of animals and creepy crawlies in the classroom because I Creepy think crawlies. I am. I was just making a list of all of the different pets that we've had. We've been way out of the box with pets. Ours didn't all have fur, like little Flozy here. If you could see into our studio our makeshift studio <laughs> um, yeah this is kind of funny we need to take a picture sometime our little our little flow which is our our current dog of whopping four pounds 
Um, she's actually up on the desk as we record today because she's our, our, I guess she's the biggest pet we've ever had in our homeschool. And she has made all the difference in our homeschool. But we've had a wide array. We've had a Nolly's, which we fed, which was really cool because you put little crickets in their cage and they catch the... And one for people who don't know what an anole is, right. it's a lizard, a it's green like lizard. It's like a lizard, right. And yes, we would catch them out in our yard and we'd keep them in, we'd make a little like a, a terrarium for them to right. live in for a period of time. At one point, I think we had like 20. Oh, we've had plenty of anoles. No, but I mean simultaneously. Oh, right. Yeah, I think we had at least 20 one time, which, you know, that got a little intense because there weren't enough crickets to go around. We had to let some go. Well, probably the strangest pet we've ever had was a praying mantis. Okay, that's not the one I was thinking you were going to say. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty weird. I don't think people think of a praying mantis as a pet. Right. But no, I, in terms of pet, I see what you're saying. I don't think of an anole as a normal pet. I think most people probably don't think of a praying mantis as a pet. They make great but, pets, though. But no, that's what I was going to say. We consider our praying mantis a pet. It was amazing. We had several. Actually, one of them overwintered. She ended up laying eggs, and we mm-hmm. raised some of her young. That was pretty cool. We had her for a long time. We did. And then we've had caterpillars to butterflies. I talk about that a lot mm-hmm. on my Facebook page. We had hedgehog. That was probably the that's weirdest. That's the one I was thinking Yeah, about. I think that's the strangest. We have a dog in Flozy Posy, but we've only had her five years, so that's not been long. We had a tarantula, but he didn't last long. Do you remember the tarantula? Yes, I do. He dried up pretty fast. That was not a, it was an unfortunate not a, experience. Yeah, short-lived experience. But it was kind of a cool thing, mm-hmm. still. Yeah. had a tarantula. We've had turtles for a long, long time. We've had a time. lot of turtles. That's and, and they're great pets, but they can be stinky. <laughs> you have to have someone on top of it. A disciplined child to clean the... Uh, tank. Indeed. And then we had a hamster. You kind of have to have a hamster if you're a parent. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend that everybody have a hamster. Just mark it off your list because you just kind of have to have a hamster sooner or later. Just as a parent, it's just a rite of passage to have a hamster. And our daughter that had the hamster was an amazing hamster owner. She would dutifully clean out Angel's cage yes. every Friday morning <laughs> while I folded laundry. It was it was a real bonding experience. Well, it was it was just as bonding when Angel passed away. Oh my goodness, um, what a rough day! It, it was, but it was one of those that, as a parent, we did well yeah. because we, you know, got a shoebox, put her in a Ziploc bag. It wasn't a shoebox; it was a like little, a watch box. Right, I mean, it was tiny. Dug it was a little hole, little bitty. And, and, and I remember Savannah Ann. Took a long time selecting the location in the backyard I know. where it was a big I would deal. dig a hole. And what were we going to plant there? And, she wanted right, to know. And yeah. then, you know, I made a point of having a one or two sentence eulogy of some kind. Well, no, you have to have a you have to have a service, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, it's a big deal. And and, and we buried our fair eternal uh, turtles. We buried turtles, mm-hmm. and of course, the hedgehog got really sick one time, and yes. I literally rehydrated a hedgehog. Yes. That was a bizarre. Yeah, on his birthday. I, I mean, know. On our son's birthday. I know. It was just, he found him almost dead. We rushed him to the emergency vet. The vet taught me how to hydrate, rehydrate a subcutaneously hedgehog. <laughs> a hedgehog. So that's in my long list of strange things that I've done in my lifetime. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but one time, our oldest two sons, and I think it was only one time, I thought that they were just having a great time in the yard doing something safe and innocuous, but apparently they were collecting bumblebees by the mm-hmm. front um, mailbox yep. in, a, in a Jif peanut butter jar. 
Davis, they had to have had like 30. I still don't know how they got 30 bees in that peanut butter jar, but those were mad bees. And I remember when they brought it inside, and I was like, that's fascinating. Let's walk outside, because I was so afraid they were going to accidentally unscrew the lid. But So we had bees. We had hornets, because we did the same thing in a baseball game one time. Remember we caught a couple of hornets in that jar? And brought it home. We watched them for a couple of days. You can really get up close and personal to these creatures of God. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe, I think the weirder maybe than the hedgehog. Do you remember in the throes of unemployment, in a really dark time in our life, the girls... Oh, yes, yes, yes. The girls, um, I think, Anne, how old would Anne have been? Anne and Molly. Oops or different? I am. I'm talking about Oops. Oops was the name of this particular pet that we'll tell you about. Anne and Molly just went outside to do something. I don't even remember where they went. They were outside Mm -hmm. in the front... And they witnessed something fall out of a tree in our front yard. So we have a heavily wooded two acres. So not just a small tree in the front, and we call it wooded. I'm talking large beech and oak trees. And they saw something fall, and they they went over, and it was a baby squirrel. With his eyes closed, hairless still. Yeah, and they didn't touch it. And they came inside and told us, and... I went and grabbed a pair of rubber gloves, uh, not rubber gloves, um, latex gloves. Latex gloves. And moms, homeschool moms, you should always have latex gloves. There's always a million reasons why you should have those. There's a whole session. We can do. <laughs> so I put on my latex gloves and I go out and I rescue this squirrel. It's breathing and everything. And as God would have it, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Right. There's a woman who lives around the corner from us who participates in wildlife rescue. And so we've gone to her house many a time to see to visit. the um, owls, the rabbits, and the squirrels that she's rehabilitating yeah. temporarily as part of her and work. And baby rabbits mm-hmm. and coons. She always had something interesting over yeah. there. And um, she showed us how to feed this squirrel. And do I mean, it was an incredible, and at that moment in our life. Right. It was a perfect distraction for us. It was indeed a perfect distraction. I remember Charles um, doing his homework on the island on the the bar in our kitchen and he had little oops in his pocket while he was doing <laughs> yeah this, his this thing was was probably about a three quarters of a pound smaller than like a jimmy dean sausage that you could fit into yeah. your pocket and his eye, like his eyes weren't open. The kids named him Oops, and I know there's a story behind that. Well, because sorry. as though Oops, I fell out of the nest. There was another one though that we had later, and he had a different name. Right, because we, we had a second one. Yeah. but but Oops was great because of that distraction. I say sure, but now years later, we look back and when we reminisce about it. It was a great learning experience, right? In so many ways, uh, just on animal rehabilitation, for one, and all the literal details we learned there, because, as would be expected, this squirrel grew up, opened his eyes, grew some fur, got a little frisky, and, you know, with lots of conversations with our neighbor, who's an expert at this, you know, we knew it was now, in this three- or four-week period of time, it was time for him to go to the wild. Right, right, which was our goal all along. We we weren't going to keep him, keep him. But when you talk about distraction, I think... Just as a caveat here, there is such a good a thing as a good distraction yeah. and a healthy distraction. Yeah. And I think we needed, we, we, it was such a dark time and the unemployment and the no income and just the loneliness and the, the heavy weight of everything that we were going through. We really felt like we were doing something to help something else. You know, I mean, we all kind of felt like, hey, 
We feel so needy. People are bringing us food. People are giving us money. But we can do something for this squirrel. It's like it, it, right. like it empowered us in some weird right. way. And we all came around it, and we all... I, it was glorious. It was. I mean, I don't think we had him for maybe a couple of weeks. Right. And then we had a, a second one later on, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. But all of those creatures have taught us about God. Oh, we had a bat one time. Remember we found yes. a bat out there? <laughs> and that one didn't last very long either. But these up-close and personal moments with the creation of the Almighty, where you can look at the wingspan of a bat, and you can look at the the tail on a squirrel, or you can look at the stinger on a hornet, or you can look at just how God made all of these different creatures. It is awesome for your kids to have those hand-on experiences. Well, there and there's almost two categories in this uh, idea of pets in school. Okay. So, you know, part of what you're talking about is the exotic creatures that that most people might not think of as pets, sure. but can be part of an educational experience that our kids can have by having a lot of collections, terrariums, aquariums, right. uh, temporary pets, long-term pets, and so forth. Right. But you know, everything you've mentioned is more exotic. And you know, if people think of a pet, maybe their first reaction would be the dog or the cat. Sure, and, sure. And so let's, let's sort of segue over to the dog and the cat idea, because that's, uh, that's the scenario that a public or private school would certainly frown upon. Yeah. You, you cannot bring your dog to school. Sure. You, you certainly can't bring your cat to school. However, as we all know, in today's world of emotional support animals, that's probably going to change at some point. Right, People right. will be bringing their some emotional support. Well, there's something to be said for emotional support. I mean, that's right. what we're talking about, right? Exactly. We're talking about emotional support, but in an appropriate setting. Right. And and in a home setting, you it's a private setting. Right. So you get to have... As many dogs, as many sizes of dogs, and as many cats, and as many sizes of cats right. as you want, uh, based on your family preferences, your right. family desires. But pets are great for families, emotional right. support, the enhancement of relationships. Because let's face it, anybody who's a pet owner knows that there's some kind of a relationship that you have with your pet. Yeah. They can't talk to you. Right. They probably don't understand what you're really saying. Oh, mine did. Mine did. <laughs> I know you're, Ruffles You did. are treading lightly. <laughs> but th- there is a real relationship mm-hmm. that your kids and you as adults and you have with your pets and vice versa. And so when I think about, you know, the kid that's leaving home and just they're not looking forward to school and they really just sort of wish they could stay home with their pet dog or bring that dog to school in a homeschool setting, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would want to encourage our listeners to actually and intentionally do that. Don't don't let the dog or cat be relegated to their Can't laundry be. room or something yeah. while you're doing school. Let them come into the right. living room with the kitchen, wherever you do life, to sit on your kid's lap while you read to them, mm-hmm. to sit on the floor while they're doing Legos while you're reading to them, right. but to be a, a part of them. And one of the things I love sharing about our little dog, Flo, is you have you have to picture Flo. Flo is a multi-poo. So most multi-poos are 8 to 10 pounds. Flo is a small runt of a multi-poo. She's only 4 and a half pounds. Yeah. And You're so tiny. we can put her, and we often do, put her on our, the back of our neck like a scarf. <laughs> and when we do that, it is one of the most calming effects mm-hmm. for whoever's experiencing that. Sometimes she'll be on Rachel, the back of Rachel's neck as she's just walking around the house, just 
relaxing. But I, I have these pictures of Flo on the back of our kids' necks while they're doing a writing assignment. And I just look at, I, I can, I have actual pictures of that. I can reminisce about the scenes that I can see with my kids with Flo, the scarf, on our kid's neck, and I can just see a content child who isn't stressed about their writing assignment, who isn't worried about their whatever worries and cares they have in life. Right. They got their dog, not just by their side, but on their neck. Well, it's such a calming effect, right? And there's always an excuse to send a kid out, right? I think Flo needs to go outside, <laughs> and we'll send one of the boys out to take Flo outside. I, she just has such a remarkable calming effect in the most tense moments, the moments of stress. Um, I know when the when our sons, the boys, we still call them the boys, they're, they're both taller than us, but when they come home from track and maybe it's been a rough track meet or they've come home from a soccer game that they lost, what do they want to do? They want to roll around on the floor with Flo or they want to take Flo on a walk. And that's as it should be because that's the kind of role that she has here at the house or when they're reading and they want to have, can I hold flow while I read my book? Of course you can. So I think that that's something that we need to encourage. I think that's why God gave us these creatures, not only to underscore his majesty and his glory, but to bless us and to help calm us down. And I do think as homeschool parents, we have an opportunity to take full advantage of that. Now, I know you tried to step away from the exotic, but I'm going to step back to the exotic because I think one of the things that we have the opportunity to do in our homeschools. And I, I understand at the peak of our homeschool with seven children, it was a, on its best day controlled chaos, right? <laughs> so a lot of noise, a lot of activity, a lot of mess, right? In the most glorious of ways. And obviously days were hard and all of that. I get that. But there's a peace that we have the opportunity to create in our homeschools the peace of coming around a caterpillar cage where caterpillars are munching on parsley and you can actually hear them munch on the parsley. Yeah, There is something awesome about the fact that we live in a really loud world and we have an opportunity to help our kids bring it down far enough that they can hear the caterpillars munch on the parsley. It sounds... Pointless, But I would submit to our audience that that is a powerful thing for them to be able to appreciate these little, tiny, quiet things that these creatures do. Watch an anole stalk mm-hmm. a cricket. Mm-hmm. Yes. Watch a praying mantis stalk a moth. Watch a monarch butterfly emerge from a chrysalis. All of these little moments are the best kinds of distractions that we can give to our kids because it's behold the glory of God. Right. No, that's great. Um, kind of pales in comparison to the one last point I was thinking of when you talked about, um, hey, it might be time to take flow outside, is just the responsibility that pets it's true. provide. <laughs> you know, feeding, cleaning aquariums, right. uh, bathing uh, and uh, grooming flow. Exactly. Uh, you know, emptying litter boxes. uh all the things that are required to mm-hmm. take care of a pet properly. And that's, those are great responsibilities to hand 95% over to the kids. That's exactly right. And learning to say goodbye. Yeah. Pets die. Right. And, you know, I mentioned earlier when we had the, all those anoles, the boys had this contest, how many anoles could they catch? 
And that was awesome. But they also got to see that there is such a thing as overpopulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny little aquarium that they had, it was going to be a nolly eats a nolly. And so letting them go. And then what, knowing that you don't always have to catch all of them. All of those things are good things. That's true. And kids can wash their hands. Listen, Mom. These kids need to get their hands dirty. They need to have nets to catch these creatures. They need to hold them. They need to admire them. No one ever died from an anole bite. Yep. They need to be able to experience God's creation. It's a blessing. Well, Flo is actually walking across the table <laughs> on our little makeshift studio as though to say, are we done yet? I know. I think she's ready to go out. She looks pretty tired. <laughs> I'm looking right into her eyes, and I can read her mind even though she can't talk. So... With that, we're going to bring this conversation to a close. Flo, thanks you for listening. And Rachel and I hope you'll join us again. If you like what you heard, please share it with others. Send us some feedback at podcast at apologia.com. This is Let's Talk Homeschool. And we've been your host, Davis and Rachel Carmen. We want to thank our sponsor, Apologia Educational Ministries. Have a great day. And until next time, we are walking by faith and enjoying the homeschooling adventure of a lifetime.